You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the Steven Spielberg and George Lucas collaboration, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. podcast i'm brian with me tonight mr jeremy benson howdy and from the don't be afraid of the dark podcast mr jared callen no time for love dr elkins <laughs> oh my gosh and we are Wrong talking challenge, maybe. i know <laughs> you know i tried to find something talking about to say raiders and lost yeah i know Come on. <laughs> i was trying to think you know i try to have a quip every time and it was like the the big quotes from this one is snakes i hate snakes or you know you know uh, my favorite line from this movie is what's that Truck, what, what truck? truck? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you, you, you want to meet God? Let's meet him together. I've got nothing better to do. I like that line. It's not the years; it's the mileage. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a good one. This one See, this, yeah. yeah, but yeah, this one is not the doesn't have the most uh, rememberable of of the lines from the series. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, that's from Last Crusade, right? Yeah. I'm your goddamn partner. <laughs> now, my favorite line in the movie: truck. What truck? Uh, just the way he says it is just so. Cause he's just gone through the fight. What's the over? You overdress for you Americans always overdressing for the wrong occasions. <laughs> that is that has got to be like the creepiest, uh, like just disturbing Nazi uh, in, in film history. Yeah, and like if if they were to cast that guy today, it would totally be um, uh, uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, or Michael Fassbender if it's rated like PG. Oh yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, they go Christoph Waltz for the. Uh, well, what did that? I don't even know what I just said. Well, it's for the uh, R-rated version. I like how we're just starting on just random shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not going into yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I guess we should. Uh, so, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, Steven Spielberg joint. I, well, I guess George Lucas um, and oh, who's the other director? Philip Kaufman. Yeah. Wrote the wrote the original um, story, and then of course Lawrence Kasdan came in and did the script. So, man, just a huge bunch of names right there. Those are directing legends from the seventies. Totally. Uh, like whether you have Philip Kaufman's from The Right Stuff and the Invasion of the Body Snatcher remake. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Kaufman. 
the right stuff. They're like, oh, oh, oh. No, you oh, know the, oh, the, oh. the astronaut movie? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do a little. <laughs> First times in the I don't know the lyrics. That's uh, New Kids on the Block, if you don't know. <laughs> Uh, and of course, Lawrence Kasdan um, from Star Wars fame. But you know, we're we're big fans of him. We've talked about him before on the uh, on the Star Wars podcast. So. He knows how to tighten up a script. Yeah, you know, man, he knows how to write some dialogue. Indiana Smith. It's the way to go there. Yeah. I mean, just think about like this Spielberg's movie best would contribution not, <laughs> would not have flopped like it did if they'd have just kept Smith. Wait, you think it would have flopped if they said? That Smith? No, I'm saying it would have been a much bigger hit. Like now, it's this this little cult classic. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And if they'd have just kept Smith, they'd have had a blockbuster on there. You know what we're talking about? It. It's so fucking obscure. We're talking what? what? <laughs> I, okay, I am really confused now. What? No, come on. This is was this was uh, Spielberg's like. Hey, uh, I think it was the second biggest. Uh, it was a joke. Yeah, it was totally a joke. Yeah, I know. We were I know. joking. It was the second biggest uh, hit of the career of his career at that point. Behind Jaws. Yeah. But yeah. Jaws, and then, of course, he had Close Encounters come out before, and that was really big. And then he did 1941, which... Mm-hmm. thought we didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, they did not do too well at the box office, which was one of the reasons that you know he kind of did this All movie. Right, well, before, we, before we go into Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, before that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about 1941 for a second. All right, let's talk about it. Uh, the same gags in it with the clothes hanger. Yeah. With the clothes hanger. The uh, nunchuck clothes hanger, the crazy Nazi bust out, and you think it's like some oh, weird torture that's, that's device. In there too. And, yeah, okay. It's it's he he used it first in 1941. I guess he thought no one saw that. So. He said he loved the gag so much, but in the movie nobody laughed or nobody like reacted. So he right. said, "Well, I'm gonna do it again." <laughs> it's a great moment. Um, and we'll do it for tension. And it'll actually work because you totally expect that guy to be uh, a torture fiend. Yeah. With this little smirk and so, yeah. what did y'all think of 1941? Um, it, it, dude, you don't be honest with you. I've only seen it twice. Yeah, I can't really speak on it. If we, if we need to talk about it, I'd have to watch it again because I, I was. It was always one of those things that I was told to skip. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, really. You know, like the first time I watched it, I hated it. But watched it not too long ago. It's it's not terrible. <laughs> it's actually kind of. It's not terrible. Comical. It's just not. I mean, it's a weird, weird blend of. All these different styles of comedy, like satire and musical, and it's not a good movie. Don't get don't get me wrong. Do not quote me and think I'm saying it's good, but it was actually a little bit more entertaining than I thought it would be. I mean, it's like you know, it's got the scene where it's making fun of Jaws, and yeah, I, it would it would have been better if John Landis had did it. You know, and that's what I every time you see 1941, it's just like this is this is a movie John Landis should have directed, not Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you know, and the premise is interesting. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have Raiders if it wasn't for 1941 because Spielberg had to uh, had to prove himself again. You know, had to come out of the slump and come out swinging. Oh, dude! I mean, like a lot of people passed on this too. Like uh, that's something that really blows my mind. Like, I mean, okay, he did 1941, but the guy did Jaws and Close Encounters, right? Yeah, you know, like totally brought in and ushered in the blockbuster era of filmmaking. You have to remember, like, movies didn't make 200 million dollars like on an average then, right? So he's he's bringing in ushering this new area. He does one movie, and it's like, uh, you know, oh, not to mention we may pass on this. Tagging along right with him is the producer who just did Star Wars, right? Like, how the hell is this not a sealed deal? Totally, they should have got any man. Just of think money. about, I mean, just think about what came out of that. Two dudes sitting on a beach making a sandcastle, 
That's what they said they were doing was making a sandcastle. <laughs> George Lucas and Steven Spielberg sat together that? making a sandcastle. They're both wearing those like uh, a swim trunks. Yeah, yeah. swim yeah. real those, high those cut little shorts. Yeah. Little, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with those awesome Chuck Norris beards they both had. <laughs> right, they got some sand in their beard and they're looking at each other. And George says. You know, I had this idea. But you know, the I had this thing I, about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but about the same time, I, I I started thinking about Star Wars. It's called um, Indiana Smith, and Spielberg went, "Tell me about it," and that's when Raiders of the Lost Ark was born. Totally. Oh my gosh. I like your Kermit the Frog, uh, George Lucas there. It can be either way. I just don't know if we could use Han Solo in this, you know? <laughs> oh, And then, of man. course, but, you know, there, there's, that, there's that thing that you keep hearing, or as I was researching this, that <laughs> Spielberg had to remind George Lucas that, you know, they're actors. They can play multiple roles. Watching something where George Lucas was like, I don't want, I don't want like, you know, him to be like uh, my De Niro to like Scorsese. Like, right, buddy. Don't worry. Nobody is ever. <laughs> By the way, no you're not directing this one, baby. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I will say, like growing up, I always thought like Harrison Ford looked surprisingly different between the two movies. He really does. Like, he it totally just, does. I had to convince my son that that was the same guy. He disappears into both characters completely. Man, it's 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 the scruff dude on the face. I'm telling you, he gets that. He gets that. Uh, the like, longer hair is hung. five o'clock shadow and. Yeah, he gets a little dirt and sweat in his face, and he also plays it different. He, he's uh, he, you actually see him uh, like uh, Han Solo is kind of suave and all that, you know, always doing his thing, and uh, you know, Indiana Jones is kind of bumbling, and he also gets angry, and you see his face, you know, like he uh, it's, 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 it's a more the, broad, it's a more broad uh, character. I was listening to the Steven Spielberg AFI interview today about this, and he was talking about that was one of the things he really liked about like it's an action character, but he's not like right. a superhero. He's bumbling and he's He's emotional. And he's a he, professor. <laughs> he thinks he can do this stuff, but you right. know he gets his feelings hurt by girls. He's not good with the girls, and they usually get the upper hand. And originally, apparently, he wanted him to be an alcoholic, and that uh, that was like that was the a dark edge that they wanted. But uh, they ended up cutting that to make it a little more lighthearted. But you do see one scene when when uh, Marion he thinks that she's dead, and he's sitting there like kind of drinking. Oh yeah, market. he goes into the drunken suicidal stupor. Yeah, so but apparently the the original script had him. Uh, he was a, he was an alcoholic throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, that that would be a little that'd be a little that'd be a little much. Because I, I mean, this movie does not have like or it doesn't warrant any any kind of character substance of that. You know what I mean? Right. Because it, it's not like they give Indiana Jones really. That much character development in the movie. They like seal him up in well, the well of souls and he pulls out a hip development, But you just don't need that type. Does he have character development? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, and like, Raiders of Lost Ark? Yes. He doesn't really even like have. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if he has an arc. I mean, he's. he's well, there's a Lost Ark. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of a weird. Like, if you think about it, like, Indiana Jones' character doesn't really matter to the plot of Raiders of Lost Ark at all. If he had not been in that movie, things actually would have gone better. Like, think about it. Like, if, if he had not been there, they would have just, like, taken the Ark back to, to Hitler. He would have opened have found it up. It. And then, like, everybody would in Germany would have just been immediately dead. World War Two over. Wow, man. I didn't even think about it like that. They, they would have ended the fucking war. If he hadn't shown up, they would have never. They were looking in the wrong place. <laughs> well, that's true. They would have never found they it. They would have never found it. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, they well, would have eventually have found. Well, actually, you know. Uh, oh yeah, dude had the burn on his Well, hand, uh, you know that would have never happened because uh, <laughs> you know when they went to go get it, uh, she would he, she wouldn't have been uh, Marion wouldn't have been Marion, right? Uh, uh, Willie's the other one. In the, I'm, I'm I'm mixing my my movies up. Anyway, she wouldn't have been warned, and then you know the creepy uh, uh, Asian dude would have showed up and gotten you know would have paid handsomely for it or stolen it, and then you know they would have found it. I, I guess we are into spoilers, but like that. Oh, if you haven't fucking seen this yeah, movie, <laughs> but I, I do, I do want to bring because there's an article that was written. I can't remember who put this idea in my head, but like after reading the article, the whole like how how does Indiana Jones know to close his eyes at the end of the movie? What exactly happens at the end of the film? And when you start to think about it. And I, I read this about five, maybe eight years ago. And it was just one of those mind-blowing things like, wait a minute. What does happen at the end of this movie? How does he know how to close his eyes? How come the other guy doesn't know how to clo- close his eyes? Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're both archaeologists. They're both rivals. Well, you know, before he closes his eyes, all those, like, wispy things are all flying around. Maybe he, like, looked up and saw those spirit things. He's like, oh, fuck, don't look at it. I don't, it is it is really strange. It plays, you know. You kind of let it like you, the, the the suspension of disbelief because you're so invested by that point, you know. And you're like, all right, you kind of go with it. Uh, but looking I back never on thought it, about it, yeah, I mean, I, I never really thought about it. But you're right, it, it it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, well, there's some deleted scenes when the Blu-ray came out that answered all the questions. Where they there's two rules that are cut out. You know, like uh, that scene when they're around with the uh, the old man. That's well, before you say the rules, as a kid, I just always assumed that. Since only the high priest were allowed to look at the ark, when he saw the wispy things, he was like, "Oh shit, this stuff's real! Don't look at it. You're not a high priest." So, uh, <laughs> no. If, if, if you touch the ark or look at the ark when it's open, immediate death. Right. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. It but, was. It was put in the. Well, holy... no. If anybody, it, 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 there's no exceptions if you're a priest or not. But if anybody touches the ark, you're dead. And if you look at it when it's open, you die. But Indy had touched the ark when he pulled it out of the well of souls. No, he puts the. Uh, pulls through it, the and through there's it. a deleted scene where Solomon's uh, John Reese Davies character is going to like touch it, and Harrison Ford stops him. So they should totally have that in there. That would have right. Like, that would have like uh, closed that pothole completely. Why did they? Why did they? I know, that like, out? it was stored in the the temple. Yeah, and only only the highest priest could go. It was in the holy of holies. Only the highest priest could go into that room where it the was dankest dank to go up there and touch it. Because <laughs> it would be cool if it was found, though. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. There's a lot of people believe it's in uh, Ethiopia. There's a tribe in Ethiopia that uh, claims that during a certain time it was moved down from the Middle East and that they have it in this church. And Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's a group that already claims to have it. But so. they won't let anybody video it. The guy said, yeah, it's in there. I just looked at it. <laughs> Well, we can take a little, like, hat cam or something. Wait, like that. that's not the real... He didn't die. <laughs> if he had looked at it... Oh, maybe it wasn't open. Maybe it was closed. He looked at it when it was closed. He's like, eh, it's okay. It's pretty gnarly how when it, like, you know, it's done, it's finally killed everybody like it wanted to. It, it, it's had its fill. It just kind of closes itself back up, you know? Yeah, the end of the the end of the movie is... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense when you think about it, but, I mean, it is cool. It's a, it's one of those experiences. Like, I didn't think about it, you know, as a kid. Well, I'm going to quote Spielberg from Jaws. If I've had them for two hours, they'll believe anything I tell them in the last two minutes. Totally. And when you look at the special well, you effects... You cut that out of the movie, though. <laughs> when you look at the special effects for this movie, it's the same guy who did Ghostbusters, and there's a lot of the same uh, stuff going yeah. on. Like, as far as, like, the, the way the clouds, like, open up, and then, you know, the little uh, bolts of lightning, and then the, the ghosts flying around, like, wispy ghosts and all that kind of shit. It's the same 
Robert. I mean, uh, yeah, just as a kid though. Robert Unlund, I think, is always knew that if you touched it or looked inside of it, you were supposed to be struck down by the power of God. Hmm. So, I I, I didn't get that. Jerry, do you remember the first time you ever saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. See, this is one of those things that uh, that I watched on TV. And, so it's uh, just sort of existed in your life. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it just kind of popped up, and and it was in four by three, and you know I didn't. Man, it's weird to think about like for all of us that grew up eighties and nineties. How many of the movies that we love were fucked up for so many years in our brain because we just saw them in four by three? Yeah, and never knew the difference. Or they were edited for TV, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I remember um, the uh, the Exorcist uh, TV version. Uh, you know, there's this, there's the a line, uh, "Your mother sucks cocks in hell." This, the, the on the TV version, it's it's uh, your mother sews socks in hell. So I mean, there's all what? no, it's not. <laughs> I swear, no, it's I not. swear, it says that like on like the TBS version, it says your mother so sucks in hell, Marin. My favorite, <laughs> she's just sitting there with like some knitting things, and she's like, "Yes, sew those socks." My favorite TV edit what? was Die Hard. Yippee ki Mary Falcon. <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. Like it fuckers matter. try. Oh man, um, that's you know, the worst. I, I was watching uh, I was, Mary Falcon. I was watching this thing about uh, Stranger that? Things uh, and how that they uh, uh, talked about the uh, movies and things they watched uh, watched growing up were on TV, and so the the experience of watching Stranger Things on TV gives you that nostalgia feeling because that's the way you experience things growing up back then. And I had that same kind of experience with, I didn't see this movie in the theaters. I, I watched it on my TV at home. So it was kind of like, yeah. a, it was something that I experienced in my house and, and I was able to see it multiple times. And uh, that, that's why I was able to fall in love with these films because they were, they were readily available. Yeah. Um, I used to rent it. We would rent, you know, go rent movies from the video store and I would rent the Indiana Jones movies. Now I did see um, Last Crusade. I went to see that in the theater. I was excited. I skipped it, man. I'm going to go see Batman for like a third time. <laughs> Fuck you, Indiana Jones. Batman is cooler when you're eight years old. I'm sorry. It's just how, it's how, the, it's how it works, man. Sorry. I don't know. if I, I, I kind of like Crusade more than the Batman movie. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, eight-year-old me, it was Batman. Well, I did go see the fourth one in the theaters, but I wish that we could say that that's the lost arc, the lost arc of Indiana Jones, because that story arc should not have been told i they I, got it out of the same warehouse <laughs> it's not in the same warehouse it's the same one it connects it's a little bit circular it's, it's nostalgia just, porn <laughs> it's like a sonnet just like george lucas says but now you you like it now <sighs> no i said what i said to you the other night on the phone was is i don't think it deserves all the hate that it has gotten i think in retrospect that some of like the outlandish, like oh my god, get to the fucking fridge, man! It's fucking retarded. It's so stupid. It's a little blown out of proportion. Like fanboys need to calm down just a touch. I'll be honest, rewatching Indy Four, it's nowhere near as bad as the Star Wars prequels. Aliens, nowhere bro. near. What aliens, bro? Inter. No, I'm just saying. Interdimensional. That's right, man. Being. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not aliens, okay? They just look like it. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Don't discriminate just because they got big old heads and I'm stuff. Sorry, I'm sorry. And have yeah. a big spaceship. <laughs> it doesn't fly. It just floats and zaps and into s- other dimensions. Spins around. I will admit, though, like, I was intrigued by the Crystal Skull mythology. I, I hated the movie. I know, man. It's got some moments. Like, the uh, the bike scene where the motorcycle chase is pretty cool. The fire ant scene is pretty cool. Seeing Harrison Ford in the warehouse scene in the beginning is cool. You know, swinging through the trees like fucking Tarzan. Okay, you know, I didn't like the <laughs> I didn't like the warehouse scene at the beginning. 
I admit that's the that's the best action scene in the entire film. I didn't like it. It's fun Spielberg stuff, you know. I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, Harrison Ford's super old. Then treat it like he's super old and make the movie about old Indiana Jones. I, I'm oh, sorry, I don't want to see Indiana Jones with a walker, man. That's not cool. Well, you know, how every old person's not on a walker. <laughs> I know, but like, you're not gonna make like. There's no way Indiana Jones. Is, you need him swinging on the uh, on the whip, man. You need him doing that stuff in the movie. Otherwise, like, yeah, but you can like play to his age. Well, they did. Like when Dirty Harry got older, he started acting like he was a little older. Yeah, like when he swings in the, he swings with his whip. He's cool, but when he lands, he's like, oh, oh well, I'm Danny Glover. I'm too oh, old for this too shit. Old, too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he's like. Don't you fucking touch my hat, kid. <laughs> Damn straight. That's the biggest applause I've ever seen in a movie theater. Uh, but back to back to the good one. Um, <laughs> no, I just don't think it deserves the hate. I don't. I, it's a bad movie for sure, but it's not the worst movie ever made, and it's not even the worst jo- movie George Lucas has touched. So I think people need. To I don't. Down. I don't think the hate is that the movie is shit. I think the hate is that it it is just such an oddball in this trilogy of these three movies that are so good. This one's just like this doesn't fit in at all. Man, you say that though, but like you got to put things in the perspective of time and what we were all living through that no one wants to realize, like. Yeah, the fucking last good Indiana Jones movie was in 1989, Last Crusade. Yeah, they should have left it at that. Yeah, and then we had a bunch of Star Wars prequels. So we know George Lucas has been going through and, and fucking shit up left and right. He's gone a little crazy off his rocker. He's super rich or whatever. I don't know. Nobody's arguing that. And then, you know. That doesn't make we Kingdom got to, of the Crystal Skull any we got better. To, I know, but we got to Indy 4, and it's like people were surprised that it was going to, yeah, it was going to suck. Did you know that they thought uh, like uh, Spielberg was uh, thinking about going back and, and uh, cleaning up things and doing things a la George Lucas uh, with the uh, original Star Wars uh, trilogy, like uh, adding digital effects uh, to Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, they did. Uh, but uh, did they actually do that? Yeah, they uh, didn't you notice like uh, on the Blu-ray, they cleaned up the, the glass shot with Harrison oh, Ford? Yeah, but that's not adding like, you know... Well, they didn't add, but they cleaned up like effects. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm talking about like adding like scenes and characters and do, like doing other. things Okay, like you know, that. they didn't do anything like that, but yeah, they but did it, add like clean up the effects. Uh, uh, South Park did a. Uh, they went and removed like wire, like telephone wires and stuff, didn't they? I just remember a shot. I don't remember what it's from, but it's a shot from they're looking out of Egypt, out across the balcony, and there's TV antennas on all the houses. And no, then, they did that in the original release. And then they show that they're all gone. Yeah, no, that's the original release. They, that's the original print from 19... Uh, what they do? Go in and paint them out? Yep. Holy 1981, shit. yep. Steven Spielberg had an ILM go in there and remove all of the, uh, the antennas off the buildings of Egypt because, you know, it's... Now how'd they like paint them out? They just used a matte painting uh, over the whole thing. I, uh, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, if you guys heard of the show Mindhunter... I know it's off topic, but uh, yeah, that, I saw some yeah. behind the scenes on that where they're actually going around in the city when they're shooting in the cities, and they removed all of the ramps, like uh, you know, off the sidewalk. Oh, all the the tracks like, and stuff. Well, no, like th- things like you know when you go up to the uh, a crosswalk, uh, and uh, there's the lip of the sidewalk, and then nowadays oh, they make yeah, it where yeah. it's accessible for wheelchairs and stuff. They actually went back in and digitally made it hard edge cur- curbs and stuff like that, so it actually fits time. Yeah, I saw they added like a lot of trees. They and added stuff. trees and skies and like they, you know, they would shoot in parking lots and they had all all backgrounds and shit. It's fucking ridiculous and it looks amazing. I haven't seen that show. Have you seen that show yet? I haven't seen it, but I, I've been I've been uh, reading a lot about it. Yeah, I'm, I want to see that. 
Hey, well, hey, look, man. David Fincher worked for ILM. Look, connection. There you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's all connected. Like, like, what, what is the, what does the title mean? Well, why is it called Raiders of the Lost Ark? You know, well, they're like grave robbers, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, everybody's like, everybody's raiding. Yeah, raiding, raiding the Lost Ark. And they wanted to name it something that sounded like a 1940s adventure serial. Although, if you get certain copies, it's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which, that's stupid. That is stupid. Why did they rename that for video, man? Yeah, because the other ones are named that, so it actually ties it into the series. Because... Although, if I'm going to complain about that, then i got to complain about the New Hope. So, Right. I'll drop this argument. No, I, I, I want Star Wars to be called Star Wars. I don't want it to be called Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yeah, but I don't really care. I guess I'm just used to it being Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I like the title written that way on the poster because I've seen it that way, and that's the way it looks good. Because when you see Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not as symmetrically pleasing on a no. poster. You know, nerdy And it's stuff. not as cool of a title either. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. First day in film school, our teacher wrote the log line, an archaeologist goes in search for the Lost Ark of the Covenant. And he's like, that is the perfect movie logline. It, it is known as a perfect film as far as uh, story and pace and, and everything. People say that. What do you guys think? Really? For story? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Or at least the behind the scenes documentaries I've, <laughs> I've watched, they talk about it being a, a perfect story. I mean, for, you know, for... Perfect film. Really? I, I think that's like its biggest weakness, though. Like, everything I, I really lo- love, like, I would say, like, if anything, it's the story is where it gets a little, eh. I love the story. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just, like, it has, like, you know, plot holes and, like, I don't... Spielberg does kind of bother me sometimes. Just sometimes when, like, you know, like you were saying earlier, like, if I have him for this long, I can do whatever I want in the in the two hours. But how he picks and chooses to do that some kind of, sometimes kind of bothers me as a viewer when I when I watch his movies. Again, like watching them for like 30, 40, 50 times. Right, you can pick out all the bad parts. Well, you just see things. It's like, okay, like Indiana Jones when he gets on the sub. So you rode that sub <laughs> all the way. You know what I mean? It's just like he. there's moments where he picks and chooses when to include logic and when not to. What do you mean he rode the sub? Yeah, yeah, explain me. When is that? He when he rode up. the sub. When uh, when the Nazis show up on the U-boat to steal the uh, the Ark. And he swims over to the sub. Yeah, he, he swims over to the sub. He gets on the sub, right? Yeah. The sub leaves and goes to a um, the an island. Uh, cut to a map shot. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, isn't it off the coast? It doesn't of, show him, like, opening something? or No, you don't see him go in. He's holding on to that motherfucker the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and there's a deleted scene with him holding the periscope. That they were going to show, and thank God they didn't shoot it because it looks it looks absolutely ridiculous. Because it's just a piece of metal, and you know Harrison Ford, and, ugh, it looks terrible. But so he rides the sub, okay. But I mean, if you just think about that, like that's absolutely like ridiculous. Like uh, at some point, like I know the per- the periscope is going to stay above the water most of the time because it's a U boat, but it's going to go under the water at some point. Yeah, he's got to hold his breath. It's it's just weird. It's not the years, buddy. It's the mileage. You know, it, <laughs> it's just one of those things that it's like, I don't, it's it's blockbuster filmmaking, and it's it's it is what it is. I you know, I wouldn't call it like per, I wouldn't like put Raiders of the Lost Ark script up next against like Chinatown. Like Chinatown, like all the characters are perfectly drawn. They all have their motivations. That's a perfect script. Like. I don't really know, like, Indiana Jones, I'm not 100% sure what his character motivation is outside of, he wants this arc. Why? 
Why? You know what I mean? Because he's a historian. Well, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he said he, said he, he, he wanted to do it just to preserve it. I think that's a line in the movie. He said, he said I'm, I'm down just to, you know, basically to preserve he it. He wants history. to preserve history. It belongs yeah. in a museum, Brian. I guess, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't go as far as call this, like, I think the script is probably the weakest element of this movie. I think everything else in the movie is, like, what has elevated this into a classic that stood the test of time. Like, the story is, it's okay, but, you know, I mean, they weren't going out to make, remake, like, a, the Godfather or something like that. They, you know, they were emulating, like, serials from the 30s but and I 40s. Think, I think what you're missing is that when, when people are saying it's the perfect script, it, it plays to that genre. That genre allows you to have those... Yeah, but most of his movies action sequences. I can't see how you can say that's like that's the perfect script when like forty percent of it is just action scenes and it's just visually based. And I don't remember anybody saying it was the perfect script. I heard him say that it was the perfect movie. Or, right. I, well, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the script. I, the script is a weak element. I guess is what I'm trying to say for me. It, it takes a you know adventurous story that. You know, this archaeologist is going to go look for the lost Ark of the Covenant, and you're going to mix magic and supernatural and adventure, and you're playing off of the 1940s and 50s serials, which had huge plot holes. I think they took that formula and made a pretty damn good movie. Hitting your genre mark is important. And I think they're saying, like, you can't get... They're pretty perfect in their genre mark. Yeah, but again, like I don't, I don't think that's because of the script. I think it's just like I don't know. It's, we'll it's, call Lawrence and tell wait. him that Brian thinks you you dropped the ball on the script. <laughs> no, no, no. See what Lawrence Lawrence didn't write the story. Lawrence wrote the dialogue, and that's the, the best part of you know. I think the story, the actual story of Raiders of the Lost Ark, is the weak element. You know, like the dialogue is fine. I like most of the dialogue in there. It's just you know what I'm saying. You guys, you guys, you're not not talking here. Well, is it make is me it feel the, like I'm going crazy? Is it the, <laughs> is it the like, story stuff or is it the plot parts that are bothering you? It's the story and the well. I mean, there's not much there in terms of story. It's just, I mean, there's a lot there. You got Andy's relationship with um, what's her name, Marion. Marion. You got yeah. um, his past, his relationship with Belosh. Whatever his name is, and you got all. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But what is his relationship with Marion? He had a he had a falling out, and they coming together. But there's uh, he, nothing. He used to he used to like, used work to with da- his father. They used to work with her, his dad, yeah. and like with, with they've her had some sort of falling out, and they're getting back together. They fall in love. But if you think about it, though, like okay, so the whole the whole thing about Indy's arc should be that he needs to he's obsessed with the arc, and he needs to let the arc go. That's his arc for the movie. But he doesn't at the end of the movie. <laughs> he doesn't let the art go. <laughs> he keeps going after the, the... You know what I mean? There is no change in him whatsoever. The only reason he walks out with Marion at the end of the movie is because the government literally forces him to. No, I don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't, I'm not following you. He's okay, saying that he doesn't go through a character change and, and normally into... Yeah, you usually your main character of a, of, a, of a film. They go through some kind of progression where it's like, okay, like but this he is does. my problem. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. At the beginning of the movie, he says he does not believe in that hocus pocus. No, that's By not his arc. By the end of the movie, I disagree. I don't think that's what his arc is. I think but that's arc- the whole. That's the whole point of shut your eyes, Marion. At the beginning of the movie, he says he doesn't believe any of that religious hocus pocus. At the end of the movie, but there's nothing he in shuts the movie. his eyes, to, and that's what saves them. 
that's the character arc. No, I don't think that's the character. I think is the, he, the arc he is that found, he needs to let the arc go. He found the arc. That's the MacGuffin character arc. No, I don't. I will see. I don't think Spielberg can call the Ark a MacGuffin. I think that is bullshit. I don't think you can call the Ark of the Covenant a MacGuffin because he shows way too much of it and gives way too much information for it to be MacGuffin. What's the rules for a MacGuffin? It's got to be a device. It's it's a it's a plot device that the audience and the characters don't it don't really know anything about. They just want it. And the Ark is it plays a little too much in the plot for for me to call it a MacGuffin. And I miss I misused the word when I said it. But no, I was I, meaning it more as a, you have that scene where he has the choice to either take Marion or take the Ark. Let them have the Ark take Marion, or he can be a prisoner and go with them. Yeah. I think that scene is there to show, like, yeah, he hasn't let go of the Ark. He's not willing to let her, like, take her. And he also doesn't trust them. They're going to kill her anyway. I think that's there because his character arc isn't done yet. Like, you're fixing to see where his character is going. I know everybody tells him that he should let go of the Ark the entire time, and he never does. Ever once. Like, that is the I line know, but that look, is but everybody... Exactly, repeats. because he's he's gaining something from not letting go of the Ark. No, he doesn't. He doesn't gain anything. He gains the faith to not open his eyes. Like, look at the, look at two Indiana Jones movies that are, are Christian-based. Both of them end with Indiana Jones having to come to terms with some sort of faith into that faith. Even Temple of Doom, he has to give in to that a little bit. Yeah, he, st- he starts to believe it a little, yeah. Now, that's, that, that's, a, that's a running theme, yeah. I'll give you that. But he doesn't at the beginning. That's a change in character. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... I don't know. That's not, not a major change. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't man. think these movies are about changing Indiana Jones. I think they're about, let's go on a roller coaster ride. There we go. Fun. That's what I think. These movies are about fun. And, like, I mean, I, I'm i saying all this. I don't want everyone to, like, crucify me and I all that other stuff. I 100% agree. I, I love these films. I'm just pointing out that I do, I do think there was a character change. See, I, I didn't I didn't get that uh, in it. But I, but I haven't also, like, studied it to try to figure out what the what the overall arc is. Oh, dude, this is a movie, like, I've probably seen this movie more with the sound off than with the sound on. <laughs> my room was right next to my parents' room when I was a kid, so I'd have to watch movies with the sound off before I got That was phones. an actual <laughs> lesson we had to do in in film class. Was yeah. Watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with the sound off. <laughs> no shit. So you can tell. How, how it's cut and, and, and flows. Oh, dude, yeah. Because the idea was that a, a movie that really works, you can tell what's going on without. Oh, totally. Without the dialogue. Although Raiders is, is weird, though, because they they cut so much around a room, and they cut huge chunks of the action out, and they, like, stitch stuff together with sound. It's insane. When you watch it with the sound off, it is a little jarring. Really? I like how they'll cut around. Yeah, like, you'll see a character, like, about ready to fall, and then, like, the next shot, like, they they may be, like, oh, they're repeating some of the action again, or they'll be, like, further down than they should be, or a character will be, like, oh, I'm right at the door, and then the next shot... They've already opened the door, and they're like two steps in in front, you know? I will right. say that this movie's got Not one of the most on the addictive songs every you're, you're time. You're talking about I, the theme? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're talking about... Um, no, um, I'm talking about the song they're chanting when they're digging up the ark. Oh, the it's, it sounds like the Ewok. Uh, oh, every time I yeah. hear it, it's stuck in my head. For the and rest like, of the day. how sexy is that shot right there? That silhouette shot oh, with the man, orange dude. behind. It's just totally the iconic. He's and he, he he's come out of his uh, what's the ashram or whatever the, the, the his, his thing he's wearing the um, 
Fedora. No, no, he, he he ends up putting the fedora on right there. He's coming out of they were they were dressed like everybody else. Oh, he was yeah. dressed in the Arab the Arab like dress because he had they were scarf, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then it cuts and he's putting that on. That's such a sexy I mean, fucking just, shot. There's just so many great scenes. Like oh, the Well of Soul scenes get God, the movie's just powerful. And it's, it's got some terrifying. That music's there. hitting and that beams coming and all literally all that's happening on the screen. Is there's Indiana Jones? He's got a crystal with some light shining through it, and it's traveling across a map of a city. Yeah, but that music but swell. That music is hitting. Oh, and God, then he's licking his lips and he's sweating. And it's like, oh, this. Is it's magic. so intense and fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And this is my favorite soundtrack of all the indie movies too, because I love, love the arc theme that uh, that's so ominous. And I like Marion's theme. That's a good love theme. John Williams does a good job in this. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Star Warsy sounding things in this in this movie. R two D two is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So C three PO. Yeah, the, like the like the oboe clarinet. Oh, I think it's an oboe. The oboe sound. That's that's definitely oh, in, in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the there, there's theme. some there's yeah. some there's some Star Warsy stuff going on. But that's cool. I hate the monkey died. Bad dates. <laughs> that is a good line. Oh man, man I used to. You know get, what? Man, that, dude, that not that monkey was a Nazi. Fuck that monkey. That I used to fucking get so... hit. Oh, the guy who did the voice for the monkey also did the voice for um, Abu in Aladdin. Oh my god, dude! Now that you said that, like that just that clicked in my brain. Yeah, so that's it's the same. It's the same guy doing the the, the voice for the that monkey and and then Abu in Aladdin. Oh my gosh, man! I used to get so addicted to movies as a kid. Like if I really just like went head over heels for them, I would act out scenes as I oh, was yeah. playing them, and I would throw a grape in the air and make my dad catch it and go bad dates, bad dates. <laughs> bad dates. <laughs> Damn Nazi monkeys! That, that actually that that habit got me in a lot of trouble one day when I was playing Terminator. Do not pull a pistol out of your leather jacket and aim it at a cop. Uh. I when yeah, I was a, yeah please don't do that when I was damn a near kid, got my little self shot I I got into a uh, I got into a uh, my my dad had this like a uh, letter opener and it was like a, it looked like a knife right at the top and it had a bell at the bottom and it would sit on the desk and my brother was holding me down we would like wrestle you know he's he's older and he would like he was on top of me like holding me down and I like like rolled over on him and I grabbed that thing and I fucking stabbed him in the leg with it like it not hard but I kind of did that and then I said. Uh, he's like, oh, what the fuck? And my dad's like, what are you doing? And I said, he'll live, which is a, which is a quote <laughs> from Terminator when he like shoots him in the leg. Yeah, he's like, he'll live. I swear, I got so my brother got so mad at me. I ended up like running outside and like hiding behind the car and shit. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I, but was, I ended up using that quote. <laughs> I was standing out outside with. There's a time and a place, Jared. A time and a place, man. He'll live. <laughs> I was standing outside. I had a black leather jacket on. Had my little toy pistol and my pistol looked real and that cop turned the corner and i pulled it out and did that and that squad car kind of oh my god man that cop cussed me up and down just think i didn't help moses was there and he's being smart ass with the cop you see if that had been today you'd have been shot <laughs> <laughs> if you were black you'd be dead right now oh, holy shit <laughs> Ooh. Well, you know uh sp- speaking we were talking about music earlier um this is this is one of the the films that kind of like started a lot of uh, relationships that Spielberg has enjoyed for quite a long time. 
I don't know if this is the first one uh, that Michael Kahn um, edited, or Michael Kahn. I'm not 100% sure how he pronounces his last name there, but uh, I think this is the movie that they, they got their start on. It was either this or Close Encounters. Um, According to this documentary I was watching online, that like he really changed his, his filming style after this movie. Yeah. Dude, they shot this in 70 fucking days. Slow ass. What? <laughs> I did all these stunts. I was like, oh, dude, we, we we don't usually take a minute to say like thank you to the stunt people, but dude, the stunts in this movie are fucking outstanding. Except people fall at the wrong time. Man, dude. Ah, oh, man. The truck. Oh, that truck chase is so badass, bro. Man, just imagine like how much fun that would have been if you were that second second unit director, and they're like, go shoot the truck chase. Yes. Yeah, man, dude. Like, oh. And then, like, uh, I can't believe they actually got Harrison Ford dr- drugged by that truck. Oh, Can that was looking badass. Yeah, yeah. Like asking your star to do that. Yeah, just just lay down. It's cool. We think we got most of the glass off the road. Okay, all right. You good? I just think about all the rocks and shit. You just get slammed into your back. And, I know. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Fuck but it is really your bad. Face. He got hit so fucking hard. He got put, he got punched through the fucking windshield. You know that's. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes over, and of course, you know uh, everybody who's ever been up to a Mercedes, you always go up and grab the emblem, and it doesn't hold. So he he gets oh. kicked out the um, the window, and he goes over the hood, and he falls, and he's down on the front of the truck, and he's holding onto the Mercedes uh, emblem, and it bends, of course, and he falls down. And he goes underneath the truck. Uh, sexy man. This is yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah, dude. That, and even the the whole set piece before at the uh, the airplane when they're getting ready to fuel oh, the plane up. All that stuff is is See, really that's incredible. The reason I love that line, truck. What truck so much? Is he goes over and he has that fight with that big dude by the airplane. <laughs> he has to blow up the airplane. As far, as far as he knows, he just blew up the ark. And then he makes it back over to Marion, and they're like, "Indy, where have you been? They just loaded the ark onto a truck. <laughs> truck." What truck? <laughs> so, do you know what I've just been through? You can almost hear <laughs> you said to go, fight Andre the Giant. Ah, fuck! <laughs> I thought I blew the damn thing up. I just uh, killed the biggest Nazi they have. That that is a cool death scene where he goes into the uh, blades of the. Yeah, yeah, it's very very cool. That is cool, man. I've always liked that. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, Raiders? No, no. I remember getting for uh, for Christmas. Uh, at eight, at eight, got the VHS. Although, you know, to be honest, though, I didn't really care for this one. I'd already seen Temple of Doom first, and the first time I saw Raiders, I thought it was kind of... I mean, I was a kid. I think I, I saw Temple of the Doom first as well. And I liked that one better as a kid, you know? It had short round in it, it had all the snakes and the skulls and... Monkey brains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess a Temple of Doom was... <laughs> Cape Catshaw, man. Yeah, dude, she's got a set of lungs. Lady only here because she fucking the director. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I do love the scene where he busts into her bedroom and she's like, she's like, trying oh. to come touch, and he's like she's grabbing like, the. Like, I'm right here. He's grabbing the boobs on all the statues. Yeah. It wasn't until later that I realized what a what a what a great movie this was. Really? Yeah. This has always been my favorite. Man, this movie is uh, like it, it's a fun ride, but it's full of like crazy badass characters. I mean, uh, Belloc or Bel Belloc 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 because he's that's because where he's selling. He says Belloc at sometimes. No, that's his name. His name okay. is Belloc. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, John Reese, John Reese Davies <laughs> always calls him Belloc. Belloc. Okay, I was about to say. I thought and it was Belloc. Andy laughs and goes Belloc. <laughs> But, uh, you stupid he, foreigner! 
Yeah, you know, uh, he, he, great characters. And then uh, the uh, the Asian guy, uh, what's his name? The, the the henchman. Wait, what? Is he not Asian? What Asian guy? The guy with the glasses? The glasses, yeah. No, he's German. No, he looks kind of Asian. No, he's German, man. I love he has that burn on his hand. Yeah, man. Like I, I love how like little stuff just comes His name like Toto or something and... like that? Toto or Tutu? You have IMDb open. Look at it. Anyways, yeah, he, he, he plays a crazy gas character, and he's kind of always smiling and laughing a little bit. Got to see Karen Allen in her bra. Yeah. Although, I think she looked better in the nighty when they were in the bedroom, when she flips that mirror and it hits him in the chin. <laughs> oh, that is so fucking funny. I'd forgotten about that scene, and I watched it uh, last week. Uh, yeah. Boom. <laughs> and they, they cut on the, on his cut, scream. Cut he to goes, the outside. <laughs> and her uh, her introduction of uh, the uh, the drinking game, the totally setting up her character as a badass, is 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 really fucking cool. That's a really cool game uh, where you got to drink twelve shots or God, you know. Yeah, I, li- I like how they bring that back later when she needs to escape from Belloc. Oh, I it's, thought that it's was totally, it's cool. totally a, it's a, totally a plot device. Like everything comes back. Like it's awesome. I will say that in that scene, because I was studying it this time, um, where they're in the bar. So, uh, he's, uh, Indy's asking for the, uh, the medallion and, uh, she's cleaning up all the shot glasses and she's got this tray. And so she only, she like, she's, she's acting of course. So she's not really paying attention to what she's doing. So she's like putting all the shot glasses on this tray and then she goes over to the bar and she sets them down, but she doesn't pick them all up at the first time. Like she could have gotten them all at the same time, but she's walking back and forth multiple times to get all these fucking shot glasses. And it didn't make any, it doesn't make any sense as a, as a waitress, you know, you would have gotten them all at once. So I was like, this is kind of awkward feeling. This. I think she's just frustrated because Indy's there. I think Spielberg just wanted to give her something to do. <laughs> do, do something with your hands. <laughs> back and forth, I love back during and forth. the fight though, and he's like whiskey. <laughs> and I, I like the, they the show bar that, shootout is good. They they the, the really what's really cool about that scene is where all the fights going on. They they do a lot of it off screen. They show like the shadows and and uh, you know the fights yeah. happening in the shadows and the flames and all that without actually showing the the fight. It's really cool. Yeah, I always like the uh, the sparks once he gets like uh, trapped in that little doorway, and you just see all the bullet holes that just come in through, and you see all the sparks from the guns. Man, I always thought that was so badass. It's uh, yeah, dude. I mean, the production design is 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 really. I well love done. the sound of his gun too. Yeah, now, Indy's gun sounds so much more dangerous. Oh, it's it's it sounds like a fucking cannon going off. I do. The, the sound work is good. I mean, well, Ben Burt did it. So. Well, the behind the scenes thing I was watching, they said this is one of the first films that uh, they actually. A lot of movies before this, you know, you'd hear the traditional screams or um, guns going off or punches. <laughs> you know, there was the Wilhelm yeah. scream in this one, but uh, but there, but they actually had different sounds for things, you know, that, to make it stand out a little bit. So it felt a little more special. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, especially for like some of the explosions and things like that. Didn't have stock sound effects, and I want his jacket. The whip, and then the whip always sounded good. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, like Indiana Jones looks cool as shit. I mean, that's the one thing that's like. It's just absolutely perfect. They got like this, the character of Indiana Jones and well, the way I mean, they shoot him. Even if you haven't seen cool. Indiana Jones, for some reason, if <clears throat> if you think of adventurer, you imagine that. <laughs> yeah, from I mean, the hat down to the <laughs> those Uncharted games. He he's fucking yeah. dressed like fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is, man. He's just m- minus the fedora. Yeah, yeah, he's totally got the and the knapsack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very iconic. That's a very iconic look. Uh, it was a piece of like uh, production or concept art that they had for the film, right? And it was just drawn like that way, and that's just the way it stayed. And it's, like, whoever drew that, 
that was br- that it, was it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'd actually uh, forgotten about. Uh, of course, it, it's it stands out, but I'd forgotten about how they do the the long travels with cutting to maps and showing the little red lines. Oh, dude, that is so. I, I, I love that so much. It's just like, oh, dude, this is so fucking cool. It, it makes it feel like we're on an adventure, you know? Yeah, it definitely puts it in that that thirties forties uh, time frame too. Yeah, it really helps like solidify that through that uh, the montage style of editing. I mean, it's just there's just so many good set pieces too. I mean, that's the that's the thing, man. It's just all, like all the sets are good. It's just old school um, visual filmmaking that you really just you don't see that anymore, man. No, and like none of it looks back lot. Back lot. It looks like you know. It looks like a, it almost looks like a James Bond movie, you know. Like, it does. Well, actually, uh, the, um, Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond movie. That was ah. that was his next thing. And uh, George Lucas was like, "Well, I have a James Bond movie uh, for you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Smith. <laughs> James Bond, Indiana Smith. I mean, yeah, come on. You know? I mean, it, it's selling itself here, guys. Indiana Smith. Yeah. But oh. but, uh, but he's not like, you know, suave like James Bond. I mean, hell, uh, James Bond would pick up any woman or whatever. But uh, in uh, Indiana Jones is up there teaching his class and he looks out and one of his students has written uh, love you on her eyelids somehow. So her friend has written that for her. Uh, like how the fuck did she do that? You know, I love you. Like, uh, you know, and he and he's so awkward about it. He's like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> it kind of shows he's not really the he's not really the ladies' man. You know, he's he's the he's the awkward uh, kind of yeah. badass professor. Well, I mean, that's just I don't know, it's kind of cre- it's kind of weird though. Like you know the I don't know the student hitting on the teacher. It's college though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. You can get an Indiana Jones style jacket, distressed and everything for $124. Does there it come in go. fat guy sizes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Benson is looking up jackets. We're going to play the trailer and uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, if it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. And we're back. That was the trailer for Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was a great trailer. Yeah, it is a good trailer, man. An oldie but a goodie. Yeah, I love how they create the mystique and the mystery of the arc at first, and then they go, oh, and then there's going to be this adventure. Yeah. It made me want to watch it again. 
So guys, this opening scene of this, um, this whole opening sequence, pretty amazing, pretty thrilling. What do, you, what do you guys think? It's a perfect opener. It totally sets the tone. It shows uh, how much of a badass uh, Indy is. Yeah, I really like how most of it is shot in close-ups, even though you do get to see a lot of this jungle. The, the, the frame's kept for a majority very tight, and you get that slow reveal of Indy. I like how, like, at first he's presented as, like, this, you know, complete badass, but then he loses the idol, he's chased through the jungle, he hates snakes, so you get that, like, complete bumbling side of him afterwards. Uh, you know the guy who's sitting on the uh, the pontoon boat fishing, and he has to like he's finally Jock. He, he's been sitting out there forever, and he <laughs> he finally gets a fish, and then here comes Indy, and he has to like let, lose his pole and everything. I want to see a story about that guy. I've always wanted him to return. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he totally could be a character. Seem, like Indy seems to know him. Yeah. start the plane, Jock. Yeah, it feels like that. There's a there's a there's a history there. Yeah, kind of like he's like the the sidekick or yeah. the Felix Leiter of the series. He, okay, he's his yeah, fixer for when he goes that. into locations. He knows how to get him in there, and he knows how to you know you know he's the he's the go to guy to you know nowadays he would be the guy who's sitting at the desk on the phone you know uh, you know <laughs> he's the computer guy. <laughs> he's a computer guy. Yeah. He's the hacker extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's <laughs> we but need that guy's then, story. He was the airplane pilot. Yeah, he hangs out with snakes and shit. That's my pet snake. That's my pet snake. I hate Reggie. snakes. He's got snake. He's got a snake in the plane. You know that, that was the first snake snakes on Reggie. the plane. Show a little backbone. <laughs> <laughs> Great dialogue. But you knew as soon as he says, "I hate snakes, Jacques." Oh, you're gonna get some snakes. Oh, there's later. gonna be some snakes later. Yeah, that's called foreshadowing, kids. Well, that, that kind of that was like one of the staples of Indiana Jones, right? You like you need like the gross out, like you know, monster or like creature moment in the film. You know, they had the insects and in Doom and the rats and. Uh, he doesn't give a fuck about this, spiders but, though, but it's snakes. You know, this was the first it's one. True. This was like the first idea of let's put a bunch of snakes in the room. Yeah, no, it, it's I don't know, it's it's cool. I always like, wondered where the snakes came from. They're in the middle the of the desert. But, like they have snakes in the desert though. Sand snakes. Yeah, man. Well, uh, most rattlesnakes are in the desert, right? I think uh, even cobras come from the desert, right? Yeah. I don't think you get a lot of, like, pythons and water snakes in the desert. Well, you know, man. There's no cotton (laughs) (laughs) mouths. They had a lot of snakes on the set, so I think they were just kind of, like, getting whatever they could. I mean, you're looking at the types of snakes that are in there, and you're like, (laughs) There was, like, some ridiculous moment. And like one of the behind the scenes where like Steven Spielberg's like, oh, what? What was that? Okay, look, guys, we got to keep this snake over here and these snakes over here because they'll fight each other. Okay, <laughs> we were, <laughs> you the imagine just the, like <laughs> what the fuck? We were talking, you know, like there's that great moment in the in the making of where Spielberg's going, we need seven thousand more snakes on top of the two thousand we already have. So, you know, there's some poor guy that's got to go get 7,000 snakes. And apparently, you know, they're getting them from zoos, reptile. And they're just, like, you watch, they're just pulling them out of these boxes and just throwing them around. Imagine having to wrangle them all back up to return them to where you got them from. Like, no, that snake goes in this box. How many cobras did you have? Uh, guys, I'm feeling ill. I don't think I can show up on set today. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know? I do remember my dad showing when I was little because, you know, when the cobra raises its head and Andy's looking at it, you can see the reflection of the glass that's separating them. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I remember my dad trying to show me that for years. Like, you, you can see the reflection in the glass. I'm like, where? And I could, I never could see it. And then I finally saw it. And I was like, yes. 
I, you know, I don't. I didn't see that like the first couple times. I don't but think I did either. Once you spot it, it's like one of those things. Like uh, you can't. Yeah, my dad would rewind it and try to show it to me, and I just couldn't. Harrison Ford had a had an issue around this time. Like there's there was one in uh, Return of the Jedi when they're getting ready to blow up the uh, the station. And he's like, run, run! And when he's when they're leaving the uh, the station on Endor, and there's a glass shot where you see a reflection when he's like throwing his arms up, telling everybody to run. There's like yeah. a yeah. Well, not in the Blu-rays because they've, you know, cleaned that up and removed it. But if you watch the originals, yeah. And then the snake scene gets even better when they fall through the wall and there's all those dead people and the snakes are crawling through the mouth. Oh, that's so freaking sweet! Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and actually pouring into the room, you know, through these holes that are they're perfectly snake sized. I don't know how they're climbing up the wall and going into that hole. Yeah, dude. There's someone feeding that snake on the other side. All all the snakes like going in and out of like holes and orifices. Like even there's that one with the uh, the corpse, that one skeleton. Yeah, so I was just talking about yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, man, that's no, man, that's it's too much almost. Ugh. No, that's all. That's an awesome shot. Ugh. That snake's coming out of that corpse's mouth. Dude, yeah. No, no, that that right there. No nightmare stuff. As a kid, like I can no face melting at the end. No, totally <clears> fine. Snakes going through all those openings. The no. one that got me as a kid is when the snake fell on her shoulder. <clears throat> I guess because when like we would go go fishing and stuff, like we were always I would told, totally fall in the boat. Watch out! They'll fall on your when you're under the trees and stuff. Oh, and we've man. had snakes like fall in the boat. Oh well, that's the one Indy burns though, and like the dead one falls on her at the moment you're talking about. But still, it's like the snake fell on her. Oh, like, okay, yeah. I don't know. As a kid, that was the one that. Stuck with me. Where where is all Snakes the light coming from? When they get sealed up in there and they're going through this like cavern, it's it's lit. Okay, so Jared, <laughs> when you have a torch in a dark room, it the light just bounces off of no, the no, 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 no. reflective shiny he gives surfaces. Her the torch, of the wall. okay, and he's climbing up the the giant statue, whatever. And he's gonna like shake it down, and then her the torch is going he, out. Like he has a torch too because he uses it to. In his mouth to burn. I know, and then that falls down. So both of the torches are out, and then it, it almost and it's black. still it's still lit. They still can still see in there. You imagine it would be just pitch black. You wouldn't be able to see any of that's, that. That's that's movie pitch black. Man, know, it was I the eighties. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> no, I was I was just uh, we uh, we were watching it last week, and I was like, where's all this light coming from? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how he knew there was a way out. <laughs> it is so weird how you know everybody's trying to find this, but just through this really thin wall is where it is. You know, in another chamber that he he totally like breaks out by moving a giant boulder that's obviously moved before. It's about how they get out of the well of souls. He crashes that. Oh, you I know. know the, so the so basically, statue. it's always been just th- on the other side of that thin wall, right? <laughs> Those one guys just moved that one block. I mean, he's, he's like, when we actually get, uh, you know, uh, X-ray technology, <laughs> we're gonna find this room. Man, we should have dug this way and not from up there. Did you know they just found? Yeah, that a, is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know they just found a uh, a new chamber in the Great Pyramid? Yeah, I was reading that. Yeah, they use this like radio wave like technology to bounce, and they found this giant open area. Well, look at that, man. The arc is in there, guys. <laughs> it's actually in the Great Pyramid. Oh, and the army that carries the Ark before it will be invincible. Well, okay. What do you guys think of Marcus Brody? You guys, you guys, a fan of him? Yes. You know, I like him better in this movie than I do in Last Crusade. He's a little bit of a caricature of himself in Last Crusade. I always kind of hated that in Last Crusade. How they kind of made him a bumbling idiot. Yeah. In mm. this, he seems like a you know an actual dude. Yeah. He just yeah. He's obviously playful, and he's got a, you know a little bit of tongue and cheekness to him. A little. A little bit of sarcasm, but he's definitely not a bumbling idiot. Yeah. 
Because in that in Last Crusade, they do make him look like he has trouble just communicating <laughs> in a foreign land. He's just like, I'm lost. There's yeah, turkeys yeah. and chickens over here. I, I What's going on? That. Yeah, there's there's all these scenes like cut back, and he's just like stuck in a giant crowd of people. He's like, oh, you know, it's right after like <laughs> somebody says, if I know Marcus, he's like, I don't know, he's already there. He's gonna beat us there, and it cuts to him. Which way should I go? Yeah, yeah. You're, right, you're right. Yeah. While we're on Crusade, I've got to mention my favorite scene as a kid was when they were in the airplane. I'm talking like I love the whole po- the whole thing from they're on the airship, they get kicked off, and he's like, "No ticket, no ticket." And then they steal the little airplane, <laughs> and then they're awesome. flying through, and his dad's got the gun, and you know he's trying to get his dad to fight. <clears throat> his dad shoots shoots him down. <laughs> And they crash, and he does the, the umbrella and makes the birds fly away and crashes the flighter, fighter jet. Love that sequence. Brilliant. That is good. Although I never really liked the young Indiana Jones stuff at the beginning. Explains the cut what? on this chin. No, man, I like that with River Phoenix. That's I do awesome. now. But as a kid, nah, I wanted to get to Harrison Ford. He got his first bullwhip, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, dude. And it's where he got his fear of snakes. It belongs in a museum, man. A big giant cross, yeah. And you saw that his dad was already working on the Holy Grail. So we could tie that uh, that portion of that film into like a vampire movie, you know, because they're trying to get this giant cross that vampires. All right, let's call George Lucas. We got Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's with vampires. This time. It is a zombie <laughs> river phoenix. <laughs> oh. I would love it. <laughs> I mean, we've already gone aliens, might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Aliens and cult worshippers. So why not have vampires? Yeah, totally. Man, the, the Nazis were such a great villain, though. Like, I mean, that, that's why I like Raiders and Last Crusade so much. Well, to me, those those two fit like they fit together. Elsa and the you know book burning and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just it, it always works, man. Yeah, where you have like Elsa. I guess she was uh, was she Australian or Aust- Austrian. Austrian? Austrian. There we go. Sorry, Australian. Um. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> you got to buy that book, mate. Was uh, she from Alabama? <laughs> That's Cajun accent, I think. <laughs> just want to go to the land down under. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no. I, I, anyway, I forget where she is. But yeah, and then they have the the French uh, Belloc in here. They they have the the sympathizer that is with the, the Nazis just to get whatever they need. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. It's it's good. It gives your your bad guys some gray area there. Well, I like how because Belloc's also using them because he wants the Ark. He wants to be able to find it too, and he even like they're a means to an ends to him. And I also yeah. like that hint that there's always been this competition between Indy and Belloc. Yeah, and Belloc just doesn't want to work for it. He's always like, you go find it, and I'm going to take it from you. <laughs> if I was Indy and it had been happening he... over my life, I'd have probably snuck into Belloc's house and killed him <laughs> in his sleep. Hi, son of a bitch. <laughs> because he doesn't know how to speak of Vito. Which is like, I, are you, yeah, you just, you're just not speaking anything, man. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah. making sounds and just breathing out air with some sign language. Ah. <sighs> Indiana Jones. Why didn't you learn that, man? I I love this movie. Even like how it cuts from you know in the jungle. Now he's in the classroom, and you see him as a teacher. You know he's got one chick that's flirting with him. Other people are not even paying attention. And then they come in, and you know they're talking about the ark, and we want you to go find. I'm like I love all that stuff. I like the scene where he cuts back into his house, and he, you know you get to see that side of him. You know this like yeah this cluttered museum looking house that he lives in. You can tell you that he's he's really not there that often. I like how when he's always at like he's at work and he's doing his professor thing. 
he always looks kind of bored. Oh, you notice he wears glasses when he's when he's a professor. Yeah. But he doesn't wear glasses at any other time during the yeah. film. That's kind of strange. He's got to look smart, dude. Okay. Yeah, but he, is he like nearsighted or farsighted? You know, like <laughs> they're reading glasses. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. You know, but he. But like. Okay. Okay. So, he, but he didn't put them on when he went into the uh, map room and he gets down. And he's like dusting off the. You know, he put he pulls a painter's brush out of his pocket and he's like dusting off the like a like a proper archaeologist. You know, revealing and he reads the runes and he's like, oh, okay, oh, never mind. They actually put it in this hole. Maybe I should go back one. You know. He should it would have been there. awesome if he pulled his glasses, like a little, or he had on a monocle or something, like a spectacle. Yeah, I, he does that in Last Crusade, right? In the uh, in the church, I think he puts the his glasses church. on when he's reading the book, like when he's flipping through his dad's journal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, yeah I don't know. My wife's an optometrist. I should know that, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, my uh, my favorite scene with uh, Belloc and and, uh, and Indy is uh, when they're in the uh, the market and he comes in and he kind of like tries to turn him to his side and then uh and oh then, after marion died yeah after marion died he comes in you know and then uh <laughs> he basically is about to uh, wait is he trying to turn him to his side i, I thought he was gonna I, kill him i thought i thought he was trying to like talk him over a little bit i think he's gonna kill him well it gets no, to, i think indy's about to kill him yeah, he's about to kill him and then everybody pulls the uh pull, pulls their guns on him and then all the kids running Uncle Andy, Andy. i think belloc is is bringing him there to kill him and Indy is going to be, uh, go on his suicide rage because they killed Marion. Right. So he's, he's like, he's we're drunk. just going to all go out, motherfucker. And then the I kids never read come it that way. I always read it as that Belloc was trying to get him to understand and help them. And Indy's like, nope, we're both going to hell together. And that's when they pull their guns out and the kids come in to save him. But he did say that last line. He's like, uh, uh, next time it's going to take more than children to save you, Jones. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never thought that they, he was trying because. There's like so much history of and bad blood that was like right, and then on top of that, they did just murder Marion, and I mean Belloc. They I don't, didn't mean to murder Marion. They meant to just take her. Well, Belloc at this point, he's got to know that they have Marion. I always read it that he's he was planning to kill Indy at that point. Yeah, I always read it as he was trying to get him to come help him. I I guess I, I could see it either way. I need to watch the scene again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean. Me too. It's to me. It was always he was trying to get him to come help, and then when Indy started to like stand up, his guards were like, "Nope." Yeah, yeah. Which everybody in the room. <laughs> it, sh- I, it shows that guy's power, you know. I do like the kids coming in and saving him. That is that is a nice touch. And, and you can imagine how much money they would spread around town. Oh, he had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to buy everybody. Oh, were you talking about the construction workers for the dig sites? I'm just talking about like the Nazis when they come, you know, go into Egypt to. Hire helpers that you know they've been spreading money around to get people to help them. Oh, okay, okay. Because they do, they did hire like because they even hired Andy's in friend. <laughs> yeah, he well, even mentions they're hiring everyone. <laughs> what, what do you guys think of uh, John Reese Davies? Love playing it. It's awesome. Oh man, yeah. I think that's my favorite role he's ever played. Well, dude, really, outside of uh, Lord of the Rings, like man, there's not too, there's not anything I can really recall off the top of my head that I've seen him or that he's well known for. Yeah, I've seen him in something else, and it's like I've seen him said, in a lot of TV stuff. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Again, I like him better than this, and than in, than in Last Crusade, he gets a little too, little too comic reliefy, goofy for me in, in Last Crusade. But the, I don't know, this movie's got a nice, it's got a nice balance for all the characters. Where even Marcus, like we were talking about earlier, they'll have a moment where they're getting serious, and you'll get the the arc music where it's like boom, 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 <laughs> and you you get those ominous moments, but. The characters are still fun, and they still have like they have their quirks. Yeah, but, but it doesn't. They're go realistic the quirks that you can believe. 
every character is really defined, like big time. Everybody is an over the top character in there, in the, you know, very memorable. And I do like how the the well of souls. When we were talking about that earlier. I do like how that's intercut with Marion trying to get out. I think that is like oh, you're right. classic yeah, yeah. Spielberg, like yeah, yeah. 80s, going, cutting back and forth between two different locations. It's like the arc's coming out. Now we're seeing, you know, the drinking game or the, I guess, Marion getting drunk with Belloc. And I, I really love how they, Spielberg does it. Snakes. That. Why does it have to be snakes? <laughs> ah, sp- very dangerous. <laughs> you go first. You go first. <laughs> Just happened to have a can of oil or gas or whatever he's like spraying out like he's like, you know, putting fertilizer on the lawn. They stole it from the Germans. Burn all the snakes as you make make a path, make a path. And they just happened to have like 30 torches. No snakes were harmed in the making of this movie. We returned all 4,000 of them. Anybody that's been listening to this podcast will remember he asked for 7,000 snakes on top of the two they already had. I don't think they needed all those snakes. A lot of them could have been rubber. Karen Allen had to walk around that set fucking barefoot, too. This is what she was talking about in the 81 featurette. It's like, Harrison Ford's down here in his leather jacket, his big boots, his pants. I'm in here with barefoot and a skirt, <laughs> bare arms. Yeah, he's even got gloves on in that scene, too. Yeah. I don't know if you could come up with 7,000 snakes. It'd be really hard to come up with 7,000 snakes. How many snakes do you think are in the city of Memphis right now that you could acquire? Man, dude, I don't know. <laughs> It's it's got to be less than a thousand. I was gonna say, you think you came up with a thousand snakes? Yeah, it's got to be. Man, I have no idea. Like, I don't know how they came up with. I can't imagine being the dude that Frank Marshall went. Stephen says he needs seven thousand more snakes. You're fucking kidding. He's got two thousand. He says he needs seven thousand. It's still coming on under budget. <laughs> how did this movie only cost twenty million, man? I think he shot it for eighteen, right? Oh yeah, it was. I was. It was somewhere between eighteen and twenty. I saw reports of varied in between. Both. Yeah, what's two million dollars? You know. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, yeah. Well, back then, apparently, crazy. a lot. <laughs> oh, and I, I did want to bring up because I I do think this is is kind of interesting, and you know, you hear Spielberg today, <clears throat> and uh, they're always talking about how the the studio system is is going to fail. Right. And you know that there's a bunch of interviews with Spielberg. Having said that, one day it will. But Pauline Kill was a great film critic. She wrote for The New Yorker for a little while. Her <laughs> review for Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the opening line, I think is, is it's just really telling. And, and really, where we're still having the same conversations. The opening line is, the marketing executives are the new high priest of the movie business. It's natural. They're handling important sums of money. So, of course, you can automatically going to see that she's not the biggest fan of this movie and she thinks it's more of a marketing <laughs> right marketing ploy than an actual work of art man these these are conversations we still have to this day and it's it's just kind of interesting that this is one of those movies that i don't want i want to say this is like where the argument started but it definitely did in terms of like commercial filmmaking i feel like advertisements are getting as big as the budgets you know, because oh, before you never more. had that before. What's that? Sometimes more, especially these days. Uh, you know, the actual um, sometimes the, the damn advertising budget is is twice or more than the budget of the damn film. Yeah, yeah. especially if the movie's like under a hundred million. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you give me more money to make my movie and make it better? <laughs> you know, damn. <laughs> because if we don't spend enough money for people to see it, it doesn't matter if it's better. Fuck. <laughs> it, it's that delicate balance of 
you want your movie to make money, so you have to cut through the clutter. Right. And yeah, you got to market it. I, I think I don't know. I just think it's interesting to see like if Pauline Kale was alive right now, what would she think of like fucking Transformers? May kill her. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine like just the the blatant product placement. Oh man. And films today. And like there's nothing in Raiders of the Lost Ark like I don't I don't feel like there's a shot in that movie where they're trying to sell me a Coke or a Pepsi. Maybe a, maybe, maybe a Mercedes-Benz truck. <laughs> oh, it's totally it's totally holding on to a Mercedes. <laughs> maybe that. But yeah, maybe some it, liquor. Leather okay. jacket. Yeah, but I mean, you don't see a brand name for it, you know. There's not I bet that it sold shot. a bunch of whips, though. I, but <laughs> I, I have bought whips because of this movie. Maybe some kids got hurt. When you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, do you feel like it has more like heart to the movie than some of the like Transformers or? Yeah, dude. I mean, well, dude, I I, I watch it and you you really forget like how much just art is. Like just put into the scenes and the direction and the lighting and stuff. I feel like there's I more mean, I of get that sucked than into the movie every time I watch it. But I mean, yeah, I feel like now, like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, do you feel like it has more like care? I don't know. I don't know what the word. I guess there's. I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for. Yeah, I guess love, passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that's yeah. I'm it's with like you. let's just throw. I will just do all that in the it. computer, and then everything. It just kind of looks like the last movie that came out. Man, dude, Steven Spielberg can do it in a computer, man. It's still like you know, dude. You watch Jurassic Park, and it's still got that. You know what I mean? Right. It's got that flair. But you know, I, I think that what what made uh, like the the I keep I don't want to bring up four again, but four. Uh, you know, the actually having everything in the world at your disposal, or what they mm. had then, they're actually working with limitations. So when you actually were working with limitations, it makes you work harder to, to get there. So I think you're going to get a better product. That's and I do point. believe when you're working with limitations, it makes you return to your story more right i mean you're you're actually having to like work it out and make it happen well that's where you get the most famous scene in the entire film where you that guy with the sword and he's doing the wow and he, indiana jones takes his pistol out and shoots him that's because he was like what sick with yeah yeah you got like a uh, food poisoning or something yeah that's what it was that poor so, yeah. motherfucker with the sword though who had been practicing for a month <laughs> you know like for this like big thing he's like what they're gonna cut my what but I mean, yeah, that, that Are you proves your point. Kidding man. Me? Yeah, you're right. There is like there is something like you know just being out there in the moment and having those like issues and some of these bigger bigger releases have you know kind of the unlimited budget, which I know they're not unlimited and they you know they run into the same. God, I wish we had just a little bit more time or money. I feel like sometimes like we get spectacle over story. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, where we're, when you don't have unlimited resources, you kind of have to return, okay, well, what would our character do in this situation that we can do? Oh, he would just shoot him. Of course he would. Why would you fight a motherfucker with a sword? <laughs> well, apparently he wouldn't, because if you see uh, Temple of Doom, he would run. Right. Oh, yeah, he runs out. Everybody's got sword. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I love that, too, because he, he tries to go do the same thing. He's and he, gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh shit I always forget I mean I, I know I like, love that joke it, yeah. it's it's so weird to me that Temple of the Doom they said as a prequel yeah. I always wonder why they did that Um. Uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I guess they wanted to get rid of the, the Nazis and put it at a different time maybe yeah. they couldn't get Karen Allen to come back she was too big by that point to, to really do anything else. I don't know, man. man. She was so happy she got that last movie. She smiled through the entire yeah, she movie. Did. Like, she's going off the waterfall. I'm in the movie. 
<laughs> she's like, go get these residual checks again. <laughs> I think she mostly did theater though, like for a while. I don't think she really liked doing really doing film that much. I mean, you even look behind the scenes, like Steven Spielberg's like got her aside and. Like he's having to work with her a lot more than he's working with Harrison Ford. He's like rain it in, Karen. <laughs> yeah, and he's he, you know he's he, he's he's got some weird quote where he's like you know you got to be a different director for you know every different actor and or something like that. Oh, that's true. And or you could be like uh, Abel uh, Ferrer and be like, it's not my job <laughs> to, to to create the performance for the actor. Yeah, we we we, we saw we saw him in a Q and A last week, and that he actually said yeah. that Jeremy. He said he said he said it's not the director's job to uh, to help pull a performance oh, out of an actor. Yeah, it's the actor's job to do that. I mean, who's this? Abel Ferrer, the director for um, Bad, Bad Lieutenant, ninety three hmm. Body Snatchers. Yeah, so yeah, King of New York with Christopher Walken. Keep that in mind, kids. <laughs> I didn't he was know an interesting that. guy. Well, he started. He started off uh, the in, like introducing the film with like "fuck Jimmy Page." <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> He's like that motherfucker can steal from the Delta Blues, but when you want to re- steal his shit from some rap stuff, like you want to give it back, you don't want to give it back. Fuck him. Yeah. What the hell? What are you even talking about? Context. Context. And they were really shooting up heroin in that film. Anyways. Well, it's you know he can't force the actors to act. <laughs> fucking get him high turn the camera on <laughs> damn it you're not acting stone the right way Go. what did he say he said like like he, someone's he, he boyfriend said, or? he said he said the he said you know the girl uh the the girl in that scene she actually wrote the script and you know she died of an ov- overdose a few years after this but uh during that scene you know her boyfriend had to walk seven blocks to pick up the best stuff in the city but then you know he got really mad because she ended up shooting it all up in the scene and he had to walk seven blocks to get more <laughs> He's like, you know, junkies don't really take cabs, so they have to walk the whole way or something like that. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. It was the craziest Q&A I've ever seen. It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. But I, I doubt it. So what do you do if an actor gives you something you don't want? Like, you don't no, like That's exactly right. That's, yeah, that's, uh, apparently, he doesn't give a shit. But, you know, I guarantee you that, uh, you know, uh, Spielberg is working out every bit of every bit of the character in the scene uh, with all the actors. Yeah. I There's mean, a funny moment in the uh, snake pit scene when, in the behind the scenes, you can hear Karen Allen tell him, I'm not going to be able to hit my mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not standing in the snake pit anymore. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest things as an actor, man, is hit your fucking mark. Say your lines and hit your mark. <laughs> I mean, really, that's all they have to do. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Re- just repeat what somebody wrote and stand from, you know, here to here. <laughs> stand here, parrot the line. Tape. Give me an alternate. We're moving on. <sighs> <laughs> Say it realistically. Was please. focus good? Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> you know, we're making that sound really simple, but it's like surprising, like how difficult it is to find somebody that can do that really well. Be consistent, <laughs> especially with your fucking hand movements and everything. I can't do it. Oh man, no. But I feel the character would. Oh god. But but guys, the door's over here. We know, but we don't see that entrance in frame. I, I was listening. I was. But listen- it's really there in real life. I was listening to a podcast recently uh, with uh, uh, David X. Cohen, I think, is a writer. Uh, it, was, it was one of the, anyways. Basically, it was, it was this writer, and he said, um, he said uh, the, the biggest thing with uh, actors coming in and saying, I don't think that my character would say that. And you're like, well, actually, it would because it's in the script. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think we know a little bit more about your character than you do. And so uh, make your character say that. <laughs> so there's your answer to that. <laughs> 
It's your job. Do you know how much time has went into this script? You know, I think your character would say that. By the way, so, yeah. So I, I, used, I used to would just go. Well, I'll find the guy that came up with the character and ask him if your character will say that. He said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just say your fucking mind. Well, what would your character say? Indy! <laughs> That's what it would say. <laughs> I'll throw you the whip. You'll throw me the idol. Oh, that was uh, Al- uh, Alfred Malinga's first film. Was it his first film? I think so. Oh, man. You know, and imagine like, you know, That's okay, look, you're going to be in this movie with, uh, you know, <laughs> with the people who made Star Wars and Jaws, okay? But we're going to cover you in fucking tarantulas <laughs> and you're going to die in the first, you know, in the first scene, basically. But it'll be an iconic yeah. scene. And one with day you're everything be you can think you imagine like an adventure quest would be. There's a giant boulder, there's a big hole, there's skulls with traps. And, and he also got a life cast made because he gets a damn uh like spike through his head. I mean, oh, like, he, he, like all through his body. Yeah, you you imagine like just be, the, be, like that being like when your first films you're like you move on, you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm acting against Harrison Ford. They're going to throw tarantulas on me. I actually get to go through all this makeup shit, you know, to get all this done. This is fucking crazy." <laughs> That's a pretty gruesome shot, too, and Yeah, it, it is. Out. It's like right through his fucking oh, head. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, dude, that that dummy does look really good. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, it holds up. I mean, you can tell it's you know, but like you just say, it looks lifeless because he's fucking dead. Oh man, like when you it see well. dead people, they do look kind of fake. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Although my favorite moment of his in the entire movie is when he gets the uh, the dart out of the tree. And he goes up to it and he he rubs the tip and then he puts a little bit of his mouth. He's like, <laughs> I don't know. I love that moment, dude. He just nails it. It's poison. <laughs> he is so into it. He's so scared. He's so fucking freaked out. Why do dead people look fake? It's because they're not moving. It, does, any, does anybody have anything else to say on, on Raiders? It's one of the films that uh, <laughs> shaped my childhood. Uh, I, I definitely ran, uh, ran around in a fedora with a... Uh, I would actually tie a rope uh, on the end of a stick to make a whip out of it, you know? <laughs> I've totally done that many, many times in my life. Cutting I, down the vines? Yeah, but being a fat kid, I was never, never able to, uh, you know, swing... <laughs> I think pretty much every little boy at some point has dressed up like Indiana Jones. Oh, totally. I got a picture of my son at Halloween dressed up like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I had a bullwhip when I was a kid. There was a point where when uh, when I was a kid and people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I would say, I would be an archaeologist. Definitely don't get to do that. <laughs> He's stuck out in the desert somewhere digging up bones. I remember like when I learned archaeologist that archaeologists like, don't get to go on adventures. I was like, man, that sucks. <laughs> no, they do, like man. have been lied to about archaeologists. You, you, get, you get to go out and dig with a shovel and a brush. Very slowly in a giant grid, oh, you know. And, I know, right? Oh, oh, man. man. You can find a dinosaur and then somebody will steal it because you Found it on their land. And, <laughs> and he's like, once again, the <laughs> have is now mine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It's definitely a, a childhood uh, a favorite. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on that, dude. It's it's an '80s staple and um, it's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, man. It's it's one of the best. I think it's the best adventure movie that there is. Like just straight out adventure flick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an action movie per se. I guess like action adventure. Action adventure. But it's well, it's that. I wouldn't put it like with like you know Die Hard. It's that epitome it of that. adventure movies. Is like, Die Hard an adventure movie? No, no it's, it's an, an action, action movie. film. Okay, yeah. about to say yeah. So like I, that's what I'm saying. Like I'd separate those two. Like I wouldn't put them together. Even if you didn't know what Raiders was and you said adventure movie, I think you would kind of imagine, 
you know, like a guy going through tunnels and he's got a fedora and there's this big ball. (laughs) That's what I think of now, damn it. So yeah, uh, you know the the opening scene where he's got the the bag and he puts sand in it. Uh, that idol is actually pretty damn big, and if it was solid gold, I think it would weigh more than that bag. That he actually pulls more sand. He's like, eh, I guess it's going to be, you know, gold's actually pretty light. I think gold's one of the heaviest metals. I don't know, dude. That's uh, that's a it's a soft metal. Yeah, but like gold, like you, I think yeah. But if that's you handed somebody a gold brick, at. it's like, oh shit, really? It, it's 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 a really heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I think he would need like a a big bag of yeah. yeah maybe he, the he idol is not solid gold. It could be hollow. Yeah, it could be wooden and just gold plated. Oh man, that would be some cheesy like Walmart shit right there. <laughs> it's like well, this is a gold plated idol. Yeah, they gold yeah, they gold plated a lot of stuff back then. Gold leafed it. No, it's it's probably that spicy Mayan chocolate. You know, <laughs> it's on the inside. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Damn, that was a delicious idol. It cuts and Belloc's like eating it. The art. <laughs> he even, left it in the car over. Even the art was gold plated. It, it looked like it, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was made of wood with gold plating. Oh, yeah. It, had a white, it actually had a white top, which is where you like, and they showed down on top of it. It's like this white top with the gold. Did it have a white top? The, the lid. It looked gold to me. Yeah, I thought it was gold all the way around. And then like the side was. It's about the, the, around the edges, yeah, the molding, but they see down. No, it's because it's got the angels on top, right? No, no, angels on top. And yeah. I'm talking about the flat part under all that. That's that's yeah, look it up. I got to know. Oh, it man. could have been a, just the, the way the lighting was. I'm oh. telling you, in the movie I remember seeing it because because uh, it's it's the scene. I'll tell you exactly right where it was in the scene. It's uh when he is standing up on the um the canyon and he's got the uh the rocket launcher. Oh, in the valley. In the valley, yeah, you can see yeah, you can see you see down on yeah, top okay. of it and they're and they're carrying or are they carrying it out right there? Man, it's in a crate. There. It's in a crate by that point, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, they they actually have that. They have that uh, that custom made. Somehow they actually made a custom drape for it. <laughs> in the time that they had it, it actually had you know uh, cutouts for the. Yeah, images. man, it's a lot more gold than I I remembered it being actually. Right. When you watch this movie in four three on VHS, it's <laughs> sometimes hard to see the details because they don't. They don't show the arc that well. They in totally the film. don't. You get little glimpses of it here and there, but you don't get like a really good a good shot of it. You get a better shot of the crate that it's hauled around in <laughs> through most of the movie. Yeah, they actually That's give a nice, nice close up of the of the Nazi logo on it. All right, guys. Well, Benson, did you did you want to close out any any anything? I like that crate. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, huh? All right, man. That's that's deep, brother. I know what you're getting for Christmas. A I've got one. <laughs> You've got a Nazi crate? I have a live animals crate. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. So you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end of the word crew, um, at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pod. Um, and of course we're on iTunes and Stitchers. And if you guys could leave us a rating, we would certainly appreciate that. And I also have got to give a shout out to real art, um, their website, www.realartstore.com. Um, guys, they have a bunch of really awesome posters, um, original posters, I would say, um, you can go and buy there. They'll give you a good price. Uh, so go check them out if you're into uh, buying posters and uh, and things like that. They will certainly hook you up. 
Benson, where can people follow you, sir? On Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you know, like the, like, at, you know, handle. J. Edward Benson. (laughs) All right. All right. So that's coming from another episode. (laughs) All right, Jared, where can we follow you, sir? You can catch me on my other podcast, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, at don'tbeafraidofthedark.net on iTunes or Stitcher. And you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen or on Instagram at CheckTheGate. There you go. And guys, like always, we're going to close out with a little bit of the soundtrack um, from Mr. John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, We're going to play the uh, last track. It's called The Washington Ending, The Raiders March. This has a this is a really good uh, piece of music. If you listen to it, it goes from Marion's theme to the Ark theme to Indy's theme, back to Marion's theme, back to the Indy theme again. It just transitions uh, really well, it, and it goes through all these beats really quick. And um, it's just a it's a good little ditty to end on. It gives you a, a a good sample of everything. So without further ado, here you go, Brian, Brian, Brian. Yo yo yo. Ten out of ten, Elkins. Wow, this is 10 out of 10? This is the one that hits 10 out of 10? <laughs> For me, yeah, personally, because of my childhood. All right, no, no. But, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't not give a rating on this one, too. Yeah, yeah. 10 out of 10 sounds good. I'd even give this a 10 out of 10 Elkins and a Benson to go along with. It. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a recommendation. Oh, and and we didn't we, we never brought up the melting face thing. But anyways, it's, it's fucking cool. Watch this movie if you haven't seen it.